0: Episode 154 of Above Ground Podcast, My Exploding Head, with Dan Neat and Lisa McLean. Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no
1: means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming
0: at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective, it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts,
2: TPP and Will Foley.
0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode one. 54 of Above Ground Podcast with our guests Dan Neat and Lisa McLean which we're going to get to shortly as I just want to give out some huge shout outs over the weekend. We were involved in the National Alliance on Mental Illness Capital Region Chapter Mental Health Awareness Day for Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, Huge shout out to them. They did an amazing job at Washington Park and there were so many people there from so many different organizations, and it was incredible, and I'm so happy. I, I got to network and meet a lot of people, put a lot of faces to names, and and we uh, had a wonderful day. It was beautiful out. You couldn't ask for better weather. So thank you to everybody who came out. I wanna thank the National Alliance of Mental Illness Capital Region Chapter and New York State Chapter. A big, big get well soon to Matt Shapiro. Um, Matt was, Matt was luckily okay but was in a really bad car accident recently and I wanted to give him a big huge shout out and a big hug um he was on an episode in 2020 yeah I think 2020 um and I should have looked up the nut but you know that's how I roll and uh he was involved in a really bad car accident he got really really hurt so we we got mad love for him man we wish you well Matt get well I wish you all the best um but we were at their day, and we we met with a lot of different organizations. I was there for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Capital Region chapter, and uh, I was also going around meeting people and talking to people. And luckily, um, everybody was willing to give me resources for the next day, which was Upstate Punk Rock Flea Market Number Two. It was awesome. Big huge shout out to Mike to mike uh to mike langon like langon and it's awesome and like the event is great we met a lot of cool people uh dan neat and lisa were there uh lisa mclean who are going to be coming up in a few minutes here um it was awesome i want to give mad props to empire live i want to give mad props to Artie for debt and and radio radio x uh they were there providing the tunes and uh Artie's a great guy, man. I've known Artie for many, many years, and he runs a great organization at Radio Radio X. Radio Radio X has their experience monthly and stuff. Go check it out. Like We're a big community here, and that's what we need. But thank you so much to everybody who came out, got resources. Uh, I I got mad resources from Saturday's NAMI thing from all the organizations. Uh, From the Office of Mental Health, I got stuff from Equinox, I got stuff from RSS, I got stuff from Unity House, I got stuff from, uh, oh my gosh, there's a couple new organizations that I'm not very familiar with. There was Girls Incorporated, there was, um, oh, there's so much other stuff. It was awesome. Great day, and again, great weekend. All right, let's do it. The incredible monolith that is the lead singer of the Clay People, Dan Neat. And Lisa McLean, his angel. 154 Above Ground Podcast. My exploding head.
1: Cool.
0: Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Above ground podcast because you can't oh, was- serve below. Yeah, that's right, TPP. What's up, buddy? How we doing, Timmy? Because we got a good one tonight, man. We got a we're okay. really we're really blessed tonight with some some cool people. So I'm gonna let Timmy introduce. Ooh, I get the uh, introduction, huh? Um, You know, I I don't
3: want to, you know, waste any time with uh, a big introduction. Um, I'm just going to say that we are here with um, two artists, and I'll leave it at that. Um, He's in a cold sweat and uh, has his nightmare just begun. It's Dan Neat and his partner (laughs) in crime, Lisa. Hello. Hello.
0: Oh,
2: good. I can see everybody now. I got all kinds of all
0: kinds of visuals. (laughs) There you go. Thank you so much, Dan and Lisa, for joining us tonight, man. This is, this is an honor and a pleasure. And I'm, I'm so, so grateful that you both said, yeah. And I, we, we can't wait to talk, man.
1: Yeah. We're excited. We really wanted to do this. I think it's a really good thing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Timmy, what do you want to kick off with man?
3: You know, I, I I guess, you know, Dan, if you just want to, uh you know kind of fill us in as to um some of your story and and where you were and where you're at
2: now where's my story my story that's that's you got the the bridge version or yeah 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 yeah
3: yeah
2: well i guess you know uh we're going how do i start this i thought these were going to be yes no questions uh i thought this was it's, now it's essay form oh uh, yeah yeah no we want your deepest <laughs> this is this is called
0: inner i-n-n-e-r view. that's why <laughs>
2: um, well uh you know we live in a world of transparency now so it's um it's not like I, we, we address this constantly It's a, a, all, every day my mental health has rel- relativity to my current life and uh, what I went through, and I and I always say that I, I wouldn't be the person I am now if I didn't go through what I went through. And you know, I don't. My mental health issues resulted in me self medicating, and I self medicated for years, uh, not knowing that I needed to get help. Um, so it takes tragic moments in my life. Before uh, I finally do get some, you know, some help to, and I don't want to say normal because I I don't know if there is a normal, but um, at least to get me back to where I felt comfortable in my own skin again. So I had to, I just, I bout with serious drug addictions for a long time, long time. And then uh, finally got, And I didn't, I tried to get help on my own, but that never works. I had to get the tough love even to, uh, you know, finally get, or get mentally, how do I say this? So I I kind of welcomed, I finally was able to welcome in a recovery. And through the recovery, you know, I always say it's not the self-medicating, self-medicating that's the issue. It's the issues with the person that causes them to (laughs) self-medicate. So I had to, I had to learn all that and uh, it all makes sense now, but that was, uh, that was tough because, you know, anybody can get, you know, clean or, you know, off, you know, get off of self-medicating, you know, drugs or alcohol, whatever. Um, But you still have to take care of the issues that brought you there in the first place. And uh, that's, that was pretty much the, best part of my journey was realizing that I wasn't like my life wasn't defined by being an addict. My life was defined by having issues and trauma that I never took care of, which led me to become an addict.
3: Well said, man.
2: Well said. I just have a quick question um,
3: before you, before you continue. Was there, did you notice, I guess, was there always a mental health component or Did it, did you notice it through the addiction?
2: No. Um, You don't know that you have an issue, you know? I mean, it's, and there's definitely no rule book to tell you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Well, I guess the the self-medicating is the sign, you know, to tell me that this problem, you know, uh, you know, before I would go out years ago, like almost every night and I, for, and to what purpose? you know, and I guess, you know, you're searching for something. There's all sorts of tells along the way, but, you know, I wasn't, <clears throat> like I said, I wasn't given any sort of rule book as to like what these, you know, what all that meant. You know, I didn't know what it meant. You know, you're crazy. I heard that a million times. <laughs> you're moody, you're crazy, you know, and uh, I always just thought I was hung over. So, so now it yeah, now now it now it makes a lot more more sense to me, you know. You've come from
0: serious self medicating addictive behavior to to this point, and your story is incredible, man. And I, I I can't wait to hear what's been going on recently since what you've come from.
2: Well. Um... That's it's not like it's overnight, you know. It's it's a uh, it's again it, it's everything's a. I always tell Lisa it's uh you know hills and valleys, you know, and as we're going up, there's always going to be a dip here, a dip there. It's just a matter of how much we're willing to, you know, allow it to, to affect our lives. You know, uh I always say to people, for years, I'm just like, what about this? It says approachable to you. <laughs> you know what about this makes you think I want you to come up and talk to me another safeguard because uh you know i i spent years building walls and foundations just to keep people out mostly now I look at it it's it's for fear basically of you know knowing who i really was or issues that i had or uh, low self-esteem you know um uh yeah I would say that yeah, yeah you know you never but part of my mental issue was not knowing my worth. And uh, that comes, you know, that comes back to, to uh, childhood again, because I'm competing as a child, you know, uh, for affections from my father and my father was competing with me, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it was tough. It's, uh, when you, when you go back to it, I don't, I don't think I spend one day in my life, not like putting my hand up and going, my father, <laughs> you know, because uh, and, and my dad. Don't get me wrong, he was a charming man. Everybody loved him, except me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's extended into my adult life, and uh, so that's where yeah. you that's where you get your charm from, then, huh? No, guys, that what you call it, charm. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's my safety net.
3: Well, yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because now that I, I'm learning and I'm in my journey, I can see it now and hearing you talk about it. But, like, I'm thinking, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago when, you know, we used to work together and I'd see this, uh, you know, this this force, this energy on stage that owned the stage. And, like, to hear that, that thing, that energy talking about, like, low self-worth or – you know, it's it's mind boggling because it was like, you know, here's this like iconic local hero that, like I said, o- owned the stage. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's that 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 perception that we all have of ourselves and then that we
2: see in others. So it's
3: it's interesting that's, to
2: hear. That's interesting. You bringing that up. <laughs> I just OK, again, we're back to transparency. My stage presence is completely based on being absolutely terrified to go up on stage when we first started, and uh, and it just morphed into that monster. You know, uh, I mean, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not that person, but I am that person. You know, uh, I have to be careful not to uh, drink the Kool Aid too much and have you know, and and start believing from others that I might be that person. You know, that is a that is definitely an extension of me, but that comes from, I mean, I can still remember, I can see this the the first time I ever went on stage. Like a lot of bands will will go up and perform when they start, but we had members in the band that were from, at that point, that were from, you know, well-known local, other other local bands. So there was a crowd, and I'm not going to say a big one, maybe like 30 people or 40 people, you know that came out to see like our first show and uh, I was terrified, terrified, you know? <laughs> and so that's what came out of that. Cause if they scream, I scream louder. And if, if, if you look angry, I'm going to look angrier, you know? So anything I can do to keep that bubble around me. And uh, I always say, you know, I've had people ask about, Oh, you know, uh, you should come sing or sing something to us. You know, I don't remember this. I I just don't sing on command. But the other thing is that I don't, I would not know how to perform by myself. You know, I'm just very fortunate and grateful to have had worked with great musicians, excellent musicians that uh, were, you know, and so I could do what I did. And and in hindsight, that self-medicated me for a long time the band, until uh, it imploded in the early 2000s. And then immediately you can see from the implosion that I found, you know, uh, another avenue to self-medicate, you know, and then, you know, even Danny, Danny, our drummer, he's, he's great, but, you know, he, he says, he's like, man, I never, I never uh, knew what you were singing about. And he, it's like, it's all in there in the lyrics, albums worth of cries for help. And uh, no one, you know, even my closest friends never really looked at what was being written. I didn't know what was being written, you know, uh, but it's it's all there. It's it's all there. Like, you know, 30 years of trauma is all written out with typos and uh, dyslexic spelling, <laughs> you know, all through our records. Am I getting so, on the subject? I'm sorry. No, no, not at all.
3: Not at all. man. Not at all. Do you think that being in a band was more helpful or more hurtful for your situation
2: oh no that's all relative like any creative outlet outlet is good for anyone whether it's music or art uh crafting you know you have to keep your mind busy but also by creating you know your uh that's another way of showing your worth you know as you take something from nothing and make it into something you know whether it be a song or a painting so Uh, It's, you know, art therapy, but not knowing you were doing art therapy. Uh, You know, when we were kids, uh, well, Tim, when I was a young adult and you were a kid, (laughs) you know, we, we, everything revolved around our bands, you know, uh, even, and, uh, you know, I look back on our days working in the music store together, and that's a very defining part of my life. You know, it it actually probably kept me sane for a bit, too. During all this, just because we were surrounded by really good personalities um, okay. and that whole and that whole microcosm of working, you know, I mean, I've never been in a working environment like that since, you know, it happened. What happens once in your life, you know, the high fidelity place where you work and all those extreme personalities, polarized, polarized personalities that we worked with. But, uh, you know, uh, self-worth is, again, You know, you look at the weekly or the daily sheets of sales and we see these local bands, you know, that sell, you know, and then you guys always sold like a half a record more than us always. Maybe two records to our one, but, you know, at least we had that. Then, you know, which I guess was a justification of what we were doing. I'm not sure that as an artist now that I should be following sales. You know, I should just focus on the work itself, which I I think, I have to say, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to get that word. I think out of my vocabulary, I'm trying to get the word I believe, you know, so I'm not like teetering, but you know, I believe, I, you know, I, I believe what we do now should be focused on everything that I do at this point has to be focused on or around my mental, you know, stability, even down, you know, I, and I, you know, I, I can't, I'm medicated also, you know, I have to take, medication uh to keep myself balanced which you know it makes a world of difference although you know i'll tell you right now i just feel normal but when i don't have this you know the, the signs are just so prevalent that something's not connecting properly or i haven't worked out something you know father (laughs) there it
0: is (laughs) there it is is again hey uh dan i wanted to ask lisa so lisa i I, i'm curious about your view of this through your lens and what you've seen over the years and how how this has affected you and how this has affected the dynamic and things
1: um well you know years ago when we we were together 30 years ago and then we found each other again about five or so years Mm -hmm. ago. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, uh, Dan had reached out to me on my birthday and, uh, I hadn't talked to him in years. You know, we, we, we kind of kept in touch through Facebook, but not really. And then I'd seen, you know, that he was having some issues and I, I was shocked because the Dan that I knew, I couldn't imagine him having any kind of like issues with drugs or anything like that. Like I wouldn't believe it, but you know, I, I didn't know that guy. So I told him to come down and, and stay with me just to get on his feet, you know, to have some support. And uh, he came and 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 then he never left. But uh, in the beginning,
2: I didn't have anywhere to go anyway. So,
1: yeah. So he just like basically was like, I'm just going to go stay with <laughs> Lisa because I know, you know, that she's definitely going to like take me in. But uh, in the beginning you know, for me, Dan, like not to get all sappy, but I say, this is our rock and roll love story. I mean, he was always the love of my life and I really never thought I'd ever have another chance with him. So when he was like, I'm going to come and stay with you. I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Um, but not, but no expectations. It, it just kind of really fell into this, this relationship. Uh, but in the beginning, you know, he still struggled. I have three children. So, Obviously, I'm not going to do anything to let anything negative or impact them in any way. So in the beginning of was stuff, you know, but, um, you know, when he relapsed, I we were together and we were here and I said, I love you and I will stand by you. And I believe that you can fight this. But if you don't want to, then we can't be together because I'm not going to jeopardize my kids or my heart or me because I don't want to see you die from this.
2: Not for lack of trying, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it <wasn't> we like- <laughs> we
1: have a very very strong. Well, at connection. least
0: you're honest about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the last time I don't think he was trying to die. I hope not. But we have a very strong connection, and basically, you know, when this happened, it was incredibly obviously traumatic. You know, he says that uh, he had something with me and our kids to to want to have to better his life and to to make it a better thing, and you know, we. We love each other tremendously, not to be all sappy. We're very fortunate uh, that we have such a great relationship. So I did stand by him when many, many peers and so-called friends uh, that I'd met here in New York, because I'm not from here, were like, oh, my God, leave. You need to leave right now. And I said, I can't leave him. You know, I know that he can get through this. And I, I, he just needs support and he needs love. And he needs to have that to know that he can get through it. So I did stand by him and, well, you know,
2: that's a big part of the mental health right there. Not to interrupt you, I'm just okay. saying like, you know, you, you have to know your support group and, you know, you, you can't be ashamed to ask for help. You know, pride is a big part of my problem too, because again, sure. you drink the Kool-Aid and drinking sure. the Kool-Aid, you know, you're perceived as this, you know, in my case, how do i say this without being narcissistic or arrogant but like you know looked at as like a a a strength but you know that's with the in the end it's like i might be a pillar of strength but with a cracked foundation you know and uh, you have to want it you have to want to get better
0: right there's a willingness (laughs) that has to be exhibited right
1: yeah and you have and you have to know that you know what i i'm ready to do this and at that stage I believe that he was ready to do it yeah. and we've had you know we have had you know we've been at the bottom but we've we've stood together and we fought through it it's what it's the one thing that I can count on now in this day and age and even back then I mean I you know I, I just wanted him to be alive so you know I had to like keep him alive um, but once he got through that and I feel like this last time that He went into um, like rehab, intensive, uh, whatever, whatever. He went into. They, I feel like, they addressed his his mental health this time. Okay. And so, they put him on the medication. And it, it, he was a change. He wanted to do better. He wanted. And, you know, I, I, from what me knowing him as well as I do, I could see that he had this trauma from his childhood. And I felt like that, that tr- childhood trauma was part of why he was self-medicating. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's
2: definitely part of it. I, I you know, the, I, as I say, like uh, the first, it's not like when you go get help, they don't try to offer you like a uh, mental health, you know, but again, it comes back to I don't need that. Well, right. You have
0: to be willing. And you have to be willing to accept that, man. That comes with a that that when you accept that help, especially for mental health, there's a label that gets attached to you again. So you have to be willing to to it, no doubt. Yeah, that's what I was
1: gonna say. There's so there's (laughs) such a stigma and it's not doesn't seem to be as bad as it used to be. But I say, you know, if you can take something to, to make you feel better and to to be a better person and to
2: you know thrive that's what well,
0: i was doing you? before it takes up to make myself feel yeah right right with the self-medicating of course well
3: ironically you talk I about well i just want to say ironically you, you had mentioned about like being that that pillar of strength and i'm sure will would would agree that you know reaching out for help asking for help and like just be able to stand there and say, look, I need help. And
2: I want to get through this, but I can't do it alone. Like that is real strength. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You don't see it though. You don't see it at the moment. And, and I I was going to say the many times, this isn't like I went once to rehab and got, and got better or got the help. I went several times, several times, you know, I looked at it like this was my life. My life was going to be this hustle of self-medicating and not feeling once in a while I would pop my head out of my ass I would say you know you you work on something creative, but it was so inconsistent you know because that that rule of my life like being numb was more important to me and not addressing my issues that I see now I see it now, but being numb was more important than you know my my family or anything my like any my whole survival was based on that. It wasn't even about keeping my body healthy. It was about just keeping my head numb and not addressing uh anything. And I, the, you know, the day that when I, you know, when I say relapse, relapse, you know, the, the help that I got from relapsing wasn't because I realized I relapsed. It's because, you know, I've overdosed several times and ended up in the hospital. And I survived that, you know, and it's not once or twice, it's several times, you know, you have to start be- begin to think like, you know, there's, there's a strength in staying alive when you should be dead also, you know, and now that I'm still, you know, I was still here, you know, uh, uh, how do I say this? It's like, you know, the, the signs are telling me that you're giving all these chances to get better, you know, how many more chances are they, get, are you going to get, you know, how many more winks and hints from the universe before you realize like I have, maybe I should probably get some help and it's tough. And, to, you know, to I'm such
1: that. a dominant personality that I was really? like, I am not going to let him die. <laughs> I'm not going to have it. Yes. Cause I had to interject. Cause you like walked into my question. It's
2: it, a great it's... dynamic over here. I'm just, I'm really just a yes man yeah yeah
0: i got it i got it
2: um um, it is amazing though that
0: it's amazing though what you the strength that you've shown lisa and and that gives that that gives dan strength and like it's and and unfortunately many people don't have that so that's another that's another hindrance in in recovery too, not having those connections so it's it's a wonderful blessing that you have those
1: Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. And, you know, I'm a very strong person coming being a single mom for a long time, going through my own not addictions, but, you know, other things. And uh, once I found Dan and I got him back, I was not going to let him go. So I had to get him on straight on a straight path. (laughs) This is
2: this is the part when I was when we were younger is the reason we weren't together. Yes, because this woman would constantly tell me that there was nobody else for me in my entire life you know, in my, you know, in my narcissistic microcosm, I always be like, who is this woman telling me this, you know? And, uh, but our, our story starts like around the release of our first EP in like 91. And it, it, our lives have, have been, you know, back and forth throughout all that. I mean, Lisa's been around for almost every recording we've done. She's been there in some, capacity you know and uh you, you, it's it's very you know like giving in. finally I, I don't I didn't it wasn't it's not giving in to what she was saying Accepting. it was it was you know she had some words that would constantly <laughs> come about you know come around that started making more sense like you know I you, that's also part of you can't you can't do it by by yourself you know you got to be willing to get help and you got to be willing to, to receive the help that you get. And that's, I think that's where, I I believe that's where I'm most fortunate is that it fell in my lap. Like I, I made a decision to mentally, you know, to, to get healthy and then all these positive tools fell in my lap and I just had to, you know, you know, uh, recognize them and, you know, and uh, utilize them and accept them pretty much. But it it's all there. Everything's right there in
1: front of you. What an amazing change, though, once he went through all of that. Like, what an amazing change. Because Dan is a very, you know, like Tim was saying, that the guy on stage, is it, it really is a, a small part of him. But I always say to, like, people that know him from us being together, if you saw him on stage, you would be like, who the hell is this guy? I mean, he's an ex- extraordinary showman. I mean, no doubt about it. He puts on an amazing show, but he's, you know, pretty. as you see, I'm like type A over here. You know, I, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. This is what's going on. I'm making the plans. All right, we got to do this. Let's go that. You know, I, I told him like 76 times today. We have to do the podcast tonight. We're doing it. Okay. Remember, this is the time. And, but after everything had happened, I mean, he is, if it was possible for him to be better and stronger and more caring and amazing. I mean, I don't know. He, I mean, I am biased, but uh, we're, we're in such a good place and we're so lucky. And I said to him that if one person could hear this and say, I didn't think I could do it, but here's Dan Neat, who's been through hell and back and he's healthy and happy, you know, that would make all the difference in the world to both of us.
0: Wow, yeah. nothing like having a cheerleader like that in your corner, man. So, that's It's, it's wow. every day
2: it's like this. Every day
1: the pom-poms
2: come on as soon as I get We're up, up. Right. get up go dude. Work. She's
0: your she's your own in, in like in-house hype track, man.
2: Uh, there, you know what? It's it's always she's always been like that <laughs> with me, but it's not like I don't, you know, I I always it's, you know, there's another person that as strong as she looks. She has she has her issues, too, you know, and self-doubts. And, uh, you of know, course, I, of course, of I course, mean, she that's does. Not the Lisa, I know this is the Lisa I know. Yeah, and it's I, true. And know, he, uh, we,
1: we do support each other very well that way. He's, I'm, I'm very hard on myself for having to for me always trying to empower young people and tell them how great they are and how much they have to offer the world. And and, you know, being positive with my children. And I'm always like, oh, my God, I'm this, I'm that. But I think that's just human nature. Honestly. It's
2: deflection. See? Yes, she's not is doing deflection. good about herself. She wants to make somebody else feel good, so that's deflection. I'm a self hater too, so I I know all about it. I've been on.
1: <laughs> I, I so have. unfortunately, because I've, you are extraordinary.
2: Yeah, yeah those, like... those headphones look fantastic on you too. <laughs> i going to say a lot of people don't know how to accessorize, but you. That's are right, definitely. man. That's right. I got
0: <laughs> I got Baby Yoda here with me, and you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you have out. to have these. You no, know, we we need those extensions of our personality. To let people know that you know, we're, you know, uh, we're human. That's right, man. Human. We're still alive.
0: Like yeah. th- that's that's what I want to celebrate right now with you, though, man. Is the the shit that you've been through and the hell that you've like, like just regurgitated in the this angry vomit that you spit out on stage that is just insane, and that it's just like it's a testament to your strength too, man. Even though your foundation may be cracked, holy fuck, your pillar is strong. So it's like. I like it's I'm I just want to thank you for just sharing all that man because that takes a lot to just dump that out on the fucking floor and let people have it Duct tape.
1: transparency man that's like our motto yeah and, you know to and, be honest and and forthright
2: and, uh, and I'm in a band it's duct tape if I have a crack foundation I just grab duct that's tape. right grab yeah that's tape. right some
0: gaffing tape and you're all set man
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
3: well Lisa you said that earlier you said that you know in hopes that one person could, could hear it. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the basis of, of, of how we started and and what we would, you know, what we kind of abide by, like a principle, I guess you could say is, you know, if one person hears a story and can benefit from it, then, you know, that's a win in our book. So, you know, thank you both for being here for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, I talked your ear off at the, uh, at the upstate punk rock flea market. Remember? Uh, That's all right.
3: It's good stuff.
1: Well, I believe I so believe in you guys and I believe in what you're doing. And I think it makes it's an extraordinary thing. And, you know, coming from you know, not to like talk about myself, but, you know, coming. No, from all right. That's uh, why you're here. Uh, you know, a, a marriage of mental abuse for so many years. And, you know, putting up with this horrible person, narcissistic human being who's just a terrible person. You know, I walked away, you know, with three kids. And everyone was like, I I was 41 or 40 or 41. And I was like, and they were like, are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? And I was like, there's got to be something better than this. And so I really always try, even like at my little job that I work at, you know, this girl came in the other night and she was like, my boyfriend beat me up. And I said, listen, you're so much better than that. And it's so it's hard because you get beat down mentally. You don't think you're better, you know? So what you guys do is just an amazing thing. And you know, I always try to better people because I think it's really, really important. And, and you know, it so sh- it's awesome.
2: It shows a maturity in Tim that I never would have thought would have surfaced <laughs> ever in his life. <laughs> you know, uh, you know think- Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank you. No, was, I, I, you know, I have to say our, our friendship has never wavered. Even, even during my times of self-medication, you know, we were, uh, we, we still had some sort of contact here and there. And again, it's like our, uh, you know, uh, you look at everything that falls, that happens in your life. And even when you go back to the, you know, uh, to the golden years of the Albany music scene, you know, in the nineties, <laughs> Dan, I just wanted to
3: get, uh, I forget his name, the one that I met at the uh, punk punk rock flea market. You know, I know that he was kind of uh, um, a variable in your recovery too. So
2: I don't know if you wanted to give him a quick shout out. Oh well. Oh, you're talking about Donnie. Yeah, the big Sorry. tall dude. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So look at this. Look at this. She's in my head, trying to figure out what the name is.
1: Sorry, uh, I'm always and, there to help.
2: You know, it's funny. I went. I uh, when I went the last time that I went to um, a home, to, you know which I was there for like eight or nine months. Uh, I met this guy there. And this, this big, like brawly, you know, built wow. metalhead that's It was me, you know, one of the most sensitive people I've ever met in my life, by the way. You know, and uh, he was like listening, listening to music. And of course, there it is. There it is, the, the section eight. He says it's, he's from uh, the other side of the, the river there. And uh, of course, in has or something like that. And, uh, you know, he mentioned sex, section eight and I said, yeah, I've, I've heard of them, you know, I've heard, I've heard of that band. <laughs> but I, when I told him that I, I knew you eventually, you know, he didn't, he, he obviously didn't believe it, but he knew who we were, you know, but he did not believe that I knew you. So, you know, you validated me that I was, uh, that I wasn't making it up nice and he came up to the booth that day he was actually yeah, that's all that's all i'm just fabricating all that he was very very excited to meet he you he
1: fanboyed and, he really did
2: yeah yeah he was yeah that was that was a big moment for him you know because uh that when you talk about the influence people have on people there's an influence when you see this guy living word by word from the lyrics of section eight you know and that's getting him through his day that's a uh, that's that's some that's strength
1: but you know tim when yeah. we were there he said dan said you got to go over and meet tim because he's such a stand-up guy and they're doing stuff about mental health and i was like oh my god really you know because dan does not mince on his words how he feels about people so <laughs> uh
0: really timmy, lot timmy, timmy timmy has shown a lot of growth in the years that i've known him like i and i've known i've known tim since he worked at that same music establishment yeah and, I've uh, never,
2: what we, what, Tim being involved with mental health is something I never would have connected. <laughs> I don't think I've Timmy would have either. No, I, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I at him as, but being an advocate for mental health. And, uh, you know, I never looked at, I would, you know, I never saw Tim as, as someone who uh, needed that avenue in his life. But
1: That's amazing. So,
2: so uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. When I, I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying, no, I'm, I, it. it's I, like I never would have thought that Tim would be a part of that because I wouldn't think that he would need something like that. No, I don't look at Tim as someone who needs mental health, you know, but I, now where I am now in life, I realize that everybody needs a little, everybody has issue. Everybody has something that needs to be addressed and taken care of to some degree. Absolutely. Yes. Mine, mine I, was a little heavier. Maybe yours is a little bit heavier than someone else, but it's it's all there and uh, God man, it rules our it rules our life man childhood traumas, trauma in general. you don't realize the impact that uh, uh, something that a teacher said to you in fourth grade, yeah we just how, went through how that. It carries on through your adult life, you know uh, when you're developing as a kid and we you know like when you know, before at Lisa was more educated on the whole, you know, uh, addiction and self-medicating you know she might comment on like well how can this person do this when they when they have a you know a newborn child and i'm like cuz you don't have you have to realize that this issue they have you know is more important to self medicate than it is to stay connected to their kid you know but we, and that's but, pain you know, and that's painful right there's really good people underneath that uh, that cloak of self medication. And there's there, some people aren't good, but there's a lot of really good people. I, and it seems the more intelligent and ta- and talented a person is, the, the worse that they're self medicating, it seems to become at times. You know, uh, they're just beaten down. You know, the more they're aware of, you know, like wh- I always say this is, as kids and being an artist, you know, you're told you're special. You know, your whole life you're growing up and people tell you you're special because you know how to draw a hand or a face or a bird, you know, and then you get into the adult world and you go to art school and you're in a whole room full of specials and you're just not so special anymore, you know, <laughs> right? because <laughs> it's, it's, it's like we're, we're all a little special, you know, we're all a little special. We all have a superpower and That's we all right. have a talent. You just got to find it and nurture it a bit.
3: I love it. Absolutely.
2: I think that having that, like, that,
3: you know, superpower or talent, whatever you want to call it, I think having that is a a part of our wellness as well, you know, having that creative outlet, you know, something that drives us and and that, you know, keeps our our mind from ruminating on other
0: things. Yeah, speaking of art before, because I'm curious, because you kind of led into this. Do you now do you have any other art that you pursue? You're, you're obviously an artist also outside of just music. So does one feed the other for either one of you, Lisa, are you an artist also?
1: No,
2: she's a wordsmith. I
1: am not an artist. If I was like, I'm not an artist. I, uh, I'm creative, you know, but, but this guy over here is, I don't know if you can see, uh, above us, you know, there's a painting of me that he did and it's, it's incredible. I mean, I have to tell you that Dan has a gift of art, and he's humble about it. But he's extraordinary, and you know, that's uh, you know, with our business, is he's puts his own spin on it, and it definitely makes a difference, you know, um, with what what we're doing. So,
0: is all yeah. your art generated from pain, Dan?
2: Oh no, I no, it's all it's all my art generated from pain. That's an interesting question. I'd have to really kind of think about that. I I mean, again, it's everything's relative to what's happening in my life, to what I'm working on at that time or what what sparks my interest. But, you know, pain is a is part of my life. You know, it's part I think it's part of I think I believe that it's part of everyone's life to some degree. Uh, You can't be human without having empathy or feeling a little bit of pain. Like so I guess, yes, it is, but not necessarily it doesn't rule whatever I'm working on. You know, maybe sometimes it rules what I'm working on, but not all the time.
1: Yeah, there's like nine million pictures of me or paintings of me. So, you know,
0: <laughs> well, that's a good thing. You're, that's very, not you're a very sensitive man.
1: Uh... <laughs> I, I'm his muse.
2: That's I just right. want to put
1: that oh, out there. That, well, that's <laughs> awesome, though. Not too many people have that. I know. He's very lucky, isn't he?
2: I am well, he- very
0: fortunate and <laughs> lucky.
1: Okay, you can cut this out if want. No,
0: I'm not going to cut this out cuz <laughs> it's no. not very often that we I don't it's not very often that we get a couple romantically on the show. Like we've had a couple husbands and wives, but the conversation's been completely different. But for you guys, this is awesome because we get to hear something that we don't normally get to hear, which is a a, a spouse's side of it, and to hear that is is awesome so we appreciate and applaud and and thank you for that
2: yeah Uh, you know just to say really quick it's it 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 works together because what i feed her and what lisa feeds me is so natural it's the only reason that you know the business has worked so well and, and or you know we're able to get things done and it's having that narrative or dialogue with one another where we don't necessarily have to really say something to get our point across it's just it's known, like, you know, well, he'll do this, or I know Lisa will, will take care of that, or Lisa feels that, or, you know, so uh, it's, I don't, there's no mystery between us because, you know, like we said before, it's like the more transparent we are with each other, the better it's been, you know. However, you know, being transparent, what she just said, you know, I can say some, some mean things, you know, but I, I'm not really trying to be mean. I'm just trying to state what I see and not sugarcoat it so much. And the more we became, the more that happens, that also helps in me getting better uh, mentally because I'm not trying to sugarcoat things or, you know, uh, be passive aggressive about stuff or issues. You know, I just have to say, you know, like, Lisa, are we going to, is this the move we're going to be in all day? Should I prepare myself for this? <laughs> or are we going to move on from this now and have a normal day?
1: Yeah, because I'm very like forthright in how I feel. So I always tell them if I'm mad, if I'm pissed off, I'm mad about this. But we do always work through everything. And we're very fortunate. And I feel we have a lot of experience and wisdom under our belts, being a little bit older uh, and wiser for sure um
2: it's the experience you know but
1: people definitely always say you guys are so strong You have such a great relationship but you know despite all the trauma and all the shit that we've been through in the past five years you know obviously we we love each other tremendously and any guy that's going to come in and take on my three heathens is a stand-up guy i gotta tell you and loves my children like his own is a huge deal and uh but you know I never, ever, and I'm being completely honest when I tell you this, take it for granted that the one thing that I al- always have is I know that Dan always has my back, that he loves me, that we're a team, and we always have each other. And that's that's a huge thing, and we're so fortunate. I never take that for granted.
0: Wow. That was very nice. That was beautiful. I, I, I wish more people got to experience that, and I'm sure they do too. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, yeah. Well, it's everything. Like I said, the tools are right in front of us sometimes, you know, like Lisa was in front of me forever, <laughs> but it took me 20 years to realize that we, we had a connection. So it's, any, I, I don't feel like it's not like other people can't experience this. It's, it's a matter of like letting things happen the way they're supposed, maybe supposed to happen as opposed to fighting. When we fight things, that's when we get sick when we fight the natural plan for ourselves, things, things, you know, our lives start spinning out of control. You know, it's just, you know, they say, they say, who is they, but like, <laughs> they, they say, you got to stay in the now, you know, and, you know, living, living in the past is depression. I understand that, you know, and, and trying to live in the future is your anxiety. And uh, there's, those are, those are very, it's like very important mantras to live by. Don't live in the past and don't try to live, you know, live, live just for the future and, and stay in the day. Our relationship is based on the day and don't think like it's a perfect relationship. You know, we have we have <laughs> we have our bouts, you know, it's not like We've arguing worked, bouts, we, but we work have
1: together. Yeah, though. we work. Right. To, we have a business together, right. you know, and right. we live together and we have kids. And not a lot of people can do that. And I think that's certainly valid. Yeah. You know, but it yeah, works Oh us. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I but mean,
2: you know, we're we're still human, you know.
0: How do you so, cause so is it possible to separate the two?
2: What's that thought?
0: Well, it the is business with me. And the, the business and the relationship.
2: Oh.
1: Well, if Dan didn't work twenty four hours a day, it would definitely would uh, be a possibility.
2: Yeah. See the reality is is that I work so hard so I don't have to come home. Nah, I'm just kidding. You're
1: such an abstinence. <laughs> <really.
2: laughs> <laughs> <That's what, laughs> absence makes nah, so he doesn't come not,
1: home and have his dinner put in front of him. No,
2: yeah, I'm very well, very well taken care of. I, you know, I never really look at it like that. Like, is there a, is there a separation? Because that goes back to what I say is like everything's relative, you know, like my relationship and my the band. I don't want to say my band, but uh, you know, our band and our relationship and our. Like all, the, it's all relative, you know. If you, if one is, if one is working properly, the rest will work properly, you know. And uh, you know, I don't live in a world of fabrications and, uh, you know, uh, stories and and tales, or you know, um, trying to keep but, up some sort of persona that you're not. Is just it's it's about just being transparent and being. But yourself.
1: but you know, the relationship does need to be. It needs to be nurtured and it needs to, you have to put all that aside. You do, you know, I, I, and we, we usually go away for a couple of see, days.
2: That was her way of telling me we need a vacation. Yeah. We usually go go go. Away oh, for a I like of it. Days. That was a nice That was a nice slide in there, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, better li-
1: you better
3: listen, Dan. You better listen.
1: Or, yeah. we, or we like, you know, go out and have a dinner and I say, let's go out to dinner and let's not talk about the kids, the business or any of that. And let's just focus on each other. And we we used to do in the summertime, we would go to estate sales and we would and, you know, for our business. And it was like the be- it was like our date day from not a date night. And we'd have the best conversations in the car because it would just be the two of us talking about whatever, you know. But I I mean, your question, well, I mean, I do believe it works for us. I don't think it would work for a lot of people, but I do think any relationship, especially one that's been through trauma and you know a lot of crazy shit, you, you have to <laughs> yeah. work on it.
0: Yeah, I, I, Dan, it's interesting, and and it's interesting in in the two of you, and and just in, in your in your in your cohesive unit and your beautiful family and stuff. And I, I commend you for all the work that you do. Cause I, I, I know how hard it is to keep it going and to make it work, let alone having all the other interplay of addictions and, and stuff play into it. Dan, through your process
3: of healing um, has your relationship with like the bands and your relationship with your other art has that, have you noticed a, a
2: difference in that? And, you know, yeah, uh, it didn't take us uh, eight years to uh, put out a follow-up record for the first time in 20 years, you know. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, we, we found a greater connection. Again, it's realizing your worth and others around you realizing, you know, your value and your input. And, uh, you know, for a while there, you know, I was uh, a member of my own band. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, you know, sure. I was a member of my own band. And, you know, the healthier I got, uh, you know, they used to call they used to do this to me. They used to call me the major. They put their fingers up there like that. Like I was wearing stripes. And uh, sure enough, um, you know, uh I've I've uh, you know I feel like I'm a part of it again as a part of being in it like I'm a part of it. that took a long time right
0: You're and you're not just
2: an observer yeah or I'm just playing my part more or right or okay right you're kind mm-hmm.
0: of a, I, I that's what was I was going to ask you do you do you uh, you suffer from impo have you suffered from imposter syndrome at time because you talk about trauma a lot and I know trauma can cause that fracturedness because that's what happens to us when we become traumatized you said imposter
1: Imposter.
0: imposter syndrome like
1: imposter do you like feel like imposter. do you feel oh, oh.
0: like do you feel like almost fraudulent at times when you separate no. yourself yeah. from from the stage persona of danny nee and the the real you know the dan neat that is that i i don't want to say is damaged because you're not damaged but
2: you can say it but uh how about being the damaged person Daniel going Daniel. up on stage and trying to be Dan Neat—that's oh. happened more often than not. I, and I—I've said this before too. You can't dumb down your audience. You know, you can't if you don't believe in what you're doing. That translates to the to whoever you know uh, to, to the crowd that follows you or sees you, or watches you perform. And I—I uh, I can I definitely know. It's like oh, like a rebirth, I guess, of like going back up on stage Absolutely, and, and yeah. being part of part of that again as opposed to just playing in it or performing in it, you know, and that that was a, that was also part of the the recovery was you know, finding myself within that and also making sure that as much as relative as it all is, that there's boundaries between what you know what we do as performers and you know how I am in my my real life or not my real life, but, you know, the, 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 yeah, the, the other side of me that, you know. Yeah. The, uh,
0: the, the home guy, the family guy, the, the guy that's, you know, that's running a business from the house, all of it. Like that whole part of you that. Yeah. Right. Do you find, did you find that a lot of idle time on the road led to, led to decomp more so than, than when you were home or did it not matter nope. where you were it's the
2: healthiest place for me to be is on the road because the focus is performing so
0: you okay. know, i never
2: i would never go out it would be rare that we would take a, a night and uh get nutty as a band or whatever you know that it, it was it, you know you play the show you perform the show you pack it up you go to the next next show it's about getting rest and eating properly that was you know finding finding drugs and alcohol to self-medicate came way later in my life in my 20s I never did any I mean it was alien to me I couldn't even name like how many different liquors there were or you know uh, you hear about addicts you know I didn't even I used to buy weed just so my friends could smoke it because I didn't even do that back then you know but when the trauma the, the traumas surfacing in my life all came at a, a very transitional time for me from and you know uh we had you know i had a, i had a breakup which in in hindsight was ridiculous now to me as to how it all transpired but my father passed away you know we got signed to uh, a big record deal you know there was a lot of pressure to uh you know to produce something for albany even like you know uh to to put the put the town on the map or you know we watched our band climb the billboard charts in the top 10 you know heavy metal listings or rock listings just to have it shut down the week afterwards like there was a lot going on and you know it's it's just enough for some for someone to snap And i'm trying to remember the reason i was saying all this I had a point to make, and uh, I, I, I think I, I got off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good, man. It's that's all. That's my Spaceman, Dan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim knows that. Spaceman nice. Dan, you know. Uh, my, my, I always say my, my intentions are really good, but my follow-through is lacking still a little bit.
1: But, you know, Will, this new record that's about to come out, I mean, it is the best thing that the Clay People has ever done.
0: That's and awesome. I
1: was right next to him to Dan during the pandemic while he's writing these lyrics, you know, and putting this together and being healthy and, and having uh, a reason to get up every day with, with me and the kids and his life. I truly feel it, it made a difference, you know, and it, 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 it's, and I'm not just saying it because he's my partner, you know, I'm saying it because I love music. I've, I've known the clay people since the very beginning and this record is phenomenal. I mean, it's just incredible. And I, I do think that, you know, you have to give credit that he's healthy and he's in a good place and it makes such a huge difference.
2: Just don't
0: drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, right. Exactly. Dan, when's the record, when's the new record supposed to drop? Uh,
2: I believe it's going to be out at the end of May or beginning of June. Thank you both and um,
3: for doing this for taking the time out. I think it's I think it's important to have these conversations. I think it's um it, it's Im- it's important for the person that is kind of telling their story, but it's also important for a listener to hear that and and gain some strength from Absolutely. that story. So thank you both.
1: It's huge. No. And, and you know what? It was really, really we discussed this at length, and we're both huge advocates, advocates of trying to uh, help people and empower them because we know how lucky we are, you know, and I, and like Dan had said, you know, when we first got together and, and we would talk about addiction and all this, I was, I didn't know anything about it, you know, because I, i would never been in that world. Now I pretty much feel at this point, I can say that I was a functioning alcoholic, but I didn't know it back then. Um, So he always says that I saved him, but he saved me as well. And knowing That's that the, dog. That's the dog, dog just like walked by there, knowing that um, people don't understand, you don't just become addicted to heroin or math or whatever because you just feel yeah. like it.
2: You're not born an athlete. you know. And well, it's, it's frustrating
1: because if you just take, if you do your homework and you understand and have just just care just a little bit, it, it makes such a huge difference. So it was a big big deal for us to do this and maybe hope that maybe, like I said, if just one person hears it, um, that's amazing.
2: There is such a lack of people, you know, appropriating or getting help for their mental health that you have a a fentanyl um, issue in America with these people that just need need mental health are, are, uh, they're dying dying i mean it's it's being overshadowed by war and uh pandemic and all that but it's it's happening you know and uh it's, tragic. Know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's happening. tragic it's been absolutely tragic this happening. comes back to not getting help when they need help or knowing how to ask for help so like a, a show like yours and a podcast like yours it's really important to participate and be a part of it you know to because you know we're, we're we're all rubbing elbows all of us with mental health issues you know and you know, it doesn't take much to like, you know, with those elbows, like to put the hand out. That's right. Try to pick someone up a little bit, you know. That's right, man. That's right. That's why I need I- it and, and I need it too. I need it all the time. I constantly need to be picked up all the time, uh, and I, uh, you know, and I get that, you know, be- you know, between like Lisa and, uh, you know, even uh, the band, you know, people around me, because I will isolate myself to absolute degree. I'm like, I like being my own best friend sometimes, you know, but that's not healthy, either. Isolation. No, isolation, isolation is I'm not, very good at it.
0: Isolation is not not healthy at all, man. Not healthy. Yeah. yeah, thank you both so much for being a part of this. And thank you so much for being willing to, to speak up for those who don't have a voice or don't feel like they can find their voice because it's just, it's all muddied up by by all the things and it's it's incredible man it's incredible and we thank you so much timmy what you about the one. first question man
2: <laughs> sorry
1: sorry about our so,
2: dog yeah. uh, no dude it's all good we love the dog yeah He's, do you my therapy dog do you there therapy. you go <laughs> yes he really
1: was. He, yeah. really was he really was his therapy dog he yeah. really really oh
2: was. awesome yeah that's great
1: like not not like officially but this okay. dog came into to our lives at a time when dan really needed him
2: are we uh we done oh, are we recording still yeah 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 we oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're just getting oh, ready for
3: the you, last three questions. Do you Do you have a favorite or a least favorite word?
2: Ooh, favorite or least favorite word word uh, word uh, I, 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 I don't know if it's a word, but I I Universe? don't I don't like uh, people who are problem starters. I like problem solvers. so I would say a phrase would be mine. I like the prop. The problem solver is what I'm a big component for. You know,
3: gotcha. That works.
2: <laughs> is there?
1: Hey, you didn't is, get that before. Is there? Is there? Do you have a favorite word?
2: What? What is one of your favorite? Oh, words? well, that was that was my least favorite and my favorite. Ah, oh, so okay. problem. So problem you know, starter is least I, favorite. Problem, gotcha. problem starter. I'm not a fan of. But
1: we always talk about, about the, solver, universe, the universe. The universe. It
2: always comes for us. Yeah.
0: Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Me too. That's my name for, that's my name for the great power of the world or whatever. Cause I don't use the G word. So unity yep. is mine. Exactly. So
1: yeah. You, I believe. Yeah.
0: That. Um, the second question is a question that I kind of change up every time we do it just because sometimes things will come up during the conversation. So my, my question to you is what piece of advice can you give to our listeners who are in a relationship with somebody with a severe persistent mental illness or an addiction, just like one piece of advice that you could give them for positive to keep things going and to, and to, and to be the pillar that they, that they know they can be and and be together.
2: Well, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a heavy question because if you're in a relationship where one or two people are, self medicated that's, that's not a relationship that's an existence you know so that it's not i don't you have to address the problem when you address the problem I, I it's very rare statistically that that relationship is a working relationship you know uh so if it's if it's that you're in a relationship with someone who's, addic- who's uh, addicted, who's addicted and uh yeah it's codependency and it's not it's not a relationship so You know, again, it's, you got to get help. You got to work out those issues, you know, whatever they are. And it's, it's a sad truth to say that because you think you're like madly in love with somebody or the perfect person for you. But if you're in a relationship and that person is self-medicating, well, that's not a relationship. (laughs) So I don't know if that's what you want to hear, but that's, that's how I, that's how I, I see it. All right. Okay. (laughs) Wow.
0: Lisa how about how do you feel about that because
1: uh, I feel that
0: it's the same
2: thing it, it's
1: us, a, yeah you know? it's 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 a tough situation and you have to be so incredibly strong and when you love somebody you're clouded you know um again you know I can't I cannot say enough that you have to be really strong to be able to go through something like this yeah. and you know, when you're with somebody that is self-medicating and you love them, um, you you make up excuses. You know, like you're it's going to be this and constantly. it's going to yeah. And you cannot enable somebody. And no. you know, I, I I can honestly tell you that you know Dan and I being together again after all those years and having him back and the fact that I could lose him was mm-hmm. so horribly traumatic for me but I had decided at that point that I would rather lose him and let him live. You know, I wanted him to live if I had to leave him and whatever, you know, but I wasn't going to jeopardize my family. And you have to think about as, a, as a spouse or a you know, partner or whatever, you have to think about yourself. You know, you have to think about yourself. And if this person is not willing to get that help, then it sucks. But you know, you, you, it's, you can't put yourself in it's that. A situation. Hard
2: truth. It's such a hard truth, but... You know, if it's meant to be, it will, but it's not gonna there's no substance to it as long as half of that relationship is not there mentally. It's not a relationship, you know. And I can even say that with ours, you know. You're, when you're, I felt I I, I, you know, I can attest I do to that,
0: that myself, my friend. I wasn't in a relationship.
1: That. Yeah, he was a totally different person when he when he was using, he was not that guy that I that I fell in love with and he was just, a, it was like a, a, it was like a separate personality, you know? Ah, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> These dogs are very codependent on yeah, us. <laughs> <more, laughs> of more course they are, one man. One. They, they love you. Them. There's more than one. That's why they're trying to get back in there. And they want to explain it.
0: That was okay, perfect then, though. That was a great answer. Thank you so much for that. Timmy yeah, hit welcome. him with the, uh, hit him with the, hit him with the big daddy.
3: So if there was something that you could do or that you would like to see done, to mental health as a whole without any kind of restraint what would it be
2: if there was if there was something that can be done with mental health
0: yeah yeah or addiction or addiction and recovery like if there was something if there was something that you would like to be see like you would like to see and done in in the community in the system or whatever the and health. there was no restraints on resources at all like what would you like to see be done for the recovery community
2: or or the well that's that okay so that's that's the simple and obvious answer it's it's got to be made available for everybody you Okay. Know, uh, no matter what their dynamic is in the community you know uh uh financially uh you know uh racially you know, it has to be available for everyone. Uh, you know, uh, the one thing I could say about it, uh, you know, addiction, you know, is that it, it holds no prejudice. You know, it equally attacks everybody, you know, uh, uh, professionals down, you know, down to, you know, uh, so the ones that aren't financially within a for, uh, financially good situation. You know, uh, so it has that's the that's the obvious answer. It's got to be made available for everyone. And it's it's there now, but there's so many loopholes that you have to jump through in order to get help. You know, you can go to CDPC and tell them you can walk up to the front door at CDPC and say, I'm going to I'm going to kill myself. But if you're not admitted by someone else, they don't take you in. And uh, we lost a good friend years ago from that. Uh, he, he's a singer for a band called uh, Fat Mookin. Yeah, I'm. Great. I was friends great. with Adam. Yeah, great Adam, great person. I, he, yeah. he knew he knew he was sick, and went to get help. And that oh, dogs, dogs. Yeah, the that, yeah. <laughs> the, that they sent him, him away, and, and he hung himself that night. It has to be made available. There is something to be said for those that even joke about suicide. You know, those. I remember I used to joke about. Oh, I'm trying to start a habit. You know, and it's like, be careful what you wish for. And because there was, Kill. you know, and once I had it, it, it had complete control of me. You know, uh, there's, there's no way of getting out of it. So it's got to be made readily available for anyone that needs it. Even if you're not quite sure they need it, there's got to be a system set up where it can, you can, it can be filtered through where they're at least brought in and diagnosed or looked over or have some sort of therapy session, you know, so someone can make a decision. But it has to be available.
1: And you know another thing that I don't think they realize is that children are growing up and they're developing. And you know, my kids go to school here in Albany and you see that this these issues that these kids are having at home are not being addressed by any kind of mental health. They can do whatever they can and, and the school is great. But you know that if these kids don't get the help that they need, It's all going to end up in them turning to drugs or a life of crime. And I mean, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I mean, a huge advocate. And, uh, you know, the kids are ashamed. They're like, oh, my God, I don't want anybody to know. No, not my children, because I'm a weirdo and I'm a huge advocate of therapy. But, you know, I always say to everyone, therapy is the best thing ever. Like, everybody should get therapy. Everybody should have somebody outside of their circle to talk to hallelujah
0: hallelujah
1: right i mean it makes such a huge difference and these kids you know my kids are in middle school and i have a friend that's a teacher and he tells me you know he's got these kids and he's like they're not going to go anywhere no matter how much it breaks my heart and what i can do as a teacher you know their mental health is being affected right now and i feel like that is not touched upon at all
0: wow great answers great answers um. Thank you both so much for being here tonight, man. Um, no problem. Been, so uh, do you have awesome. the
2: address to send the check. Send <laughs> <laughs> the mail. Send yeah. the mail. Okay. And I, I want you to know that I read everything properly off the sheet you sent me, so it should. All
0: right. No, all right. No, I'm just kidding. real good. Real good.
2: Yeah, it was yeah, a, it was you. really
1: a pleasure and an honor, and we really appreciate yeah, you letting you. us be on your. I was podcast. having kind of a
2: crummy day today, and I'm, I'm overtired, and I'm, I, I thought of like you my usual mo is to find 12 reasons not to do something you know when you know, obviously i should do it and I, you know that's I,
3: usually yeah usually that's when that's when you should do it is when you start coming up with reasons not to do it i right. found for
2: me personally that's when you need to do it yeah i'm I'm great at that i'm great at coming up with that 12 excuses not to do something it's true you know? yeah that's true so uh it's yeah true. It was well, good. Thank you, yeah, thank you both again thank you both
3: again so uh that was uh that was Dan Neat and his exploding head. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> his exactly. Exploding head. You, you you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to use these, even the intro. I know. <laughs> so, no, you know me, buddy. You know we have other records, at, right?
3: You I look more than one record. Okay. I do. I do. I, hey, Colossus, <laughs> man, come on.
1: Colossus, right?
0: Awesome. Thank right, you, Dan. Thank you, Lisa. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Until next week. Be well. Be safe.
3: Be above. Thank you for giving us a listen. New episodes every Wednesday. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can share, rate, review, and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Other ways to support the show? Follow us on social media. Share the content. Share our episodes. You can also buy us a coffee